So this is Martin. I want to know where he is and what happened to him. Well, I want you to relax and listen only to my voice. Concentrate on every part of your body slowly. Very slowly. More and lighter. I'm going to count to three. And you'll go back to the past. To the third day. everybody and welcome to the latest episode of fresh cuts this is mike and joining me as always it's mr venom what's up venom how are you greetings and salutations subtitle lovers um if you don't know why i'm using that greeting just wait all will be revealed i have uh, i have a little bit of a rant to go on today but uh other other than that i'm doing pretty good how the hell are you doing mike i'm doing pretty good but i guess we should also welcome in the uh dub track lovers too because there might be some Fuck of them. those assholes. <laughs> Kinda. I mean, hey, I, it, it, I'm not going to disparage anybody who doesn't like reading subtitles, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more on that soon. Uh, joining us as well, it's Don and Ellie. What's up, Don? Yeah, always great to be here. <laughs> Did you say the Don and Ellie? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we are covering a movie on Shutter. Uh, another week without a theater trip, which I think we have one more, one more VOD until we hit nope. So uh, more on that at the end of the episode. But uh, we are covering a movie called On the Third Day, uh, which I believe it's what Argentinian. Is yes. Okay. And the original title, what is it? Al Tercer Dia? I guess. Al Tercer Dia. Yeah, see, see, see how similar we say it? <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Yeah. Yeah, oh, there's man. a way it rolls off the tongue from the native Spaniard, Mike. Stop trying to hide it. <laughs> oh, it, it wasn't like Venom was just an echo for me? <laughs> no. Wait, there's a, there's a little bit more flair in the Tessad. Gotta roll your R's, man. Gotta roll those R's. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, so this one has been on Shutter, I think, just a little bit over a week. So it's pretty new, um, at least, you know, for as far as being widely available goes. 
So the synopsis on IMDb is just way too long of an explanation, so I'm just going to read the first couple sentences because that sets it up okay. So Cecilia and her son Martin have a car accident. On the third day after the crash, she wanders by herself on a lonely route, and there is no clue of her son. I guess I can go one more. She can't remember what happened during this time, and she is desperately looking for her son. And then it just expounds on too much, so stopping there uh general thoughts is how we start the show and uh, i'll kick it to venom but i think he has something he wants to get off his chest before he gets his general thoughts of the film itself so venom i'll kick it to you for the double uh duty here uh <laughs> what did you want to uh bring up all right folks as you remember from my greeting when i mentioned uh greetings to subtitle readers um, and we've already mentioned that this film is from Argentina. This is a brand new film. Uh, came out last year in Argentina in 2021, but, you know, in the States, it's a 2022 film. Shudder, in their infinite wisdom, has decided to only put a dubbed version of this film on their service. And I desperately was looking around. I mean, I was almost willing to pay for this movie if I could find it in Spanish, and unfortunately, I could not. Here is my rant, my friends, because as you know, I am a Spaniard and I absolutely adore Spanish language uh, horror films to the point where I almost don't need subtitles. I still have them on just in case there's a local dialect or something that I don't pick up. But for the most part, you know, it, it's a beautiful language that I love listening to by putting a dubbed version on here. And mind you, not even a very well dubbed version. This this dubbing is fucking terrible. Once I realized that this is a dubbed version, I stopped the movie. I looked around thinking that maybe there was a feature or a, a selection that I maybe missed to put the original audio on there. There is not. This is the only version of this movie available. And like I said, the dialogue, or should I say the sync and lip sync is just awful. It's fucking awful. And... The thing that a lot of you guys might not know is that I, I actually have a, a bachelor's degree in audio production. So, you know, by by uh, by degree, I am an audio producer, audio engineer, if you will. So when I hear things, hear and see things that are out of sync, it literally gives me a physical headache. I'm not exaggerating. I cannot watch things that are out of sync, which is one of the reasons that I absolutely abhor dubbed versions of films um i was talking to mike earlier potentially the best dubbed live action film i've ever seen and not that i watch that many of them mind you um but i did happen to see this one at a friend's house and i actually thought they did a pretty good job and that was ang lee's crouching tiger hidden dragon the english dub for that one is not bad it still has its issues but it's not terrible so like i said because of the fact that I spent 85 minutes just gritting my teeth and seething at the point of fucking explosion at this goddamn movie, take everything I say about this film with a grain of salt today. It may actually be better than I describe it, but because I have such a horrible time watching dubbed films, I can't, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be ultra objective for this. So I'm going to try my hardest. So that is my rant um, about subtitles. Fuck you, Shudder, for making me watch a dubbed new Spanish horror film. Fuck you in your ear. I hope someone from Shudder is listening to this. I genuinely do. Who the fuck do you think you are putting a Spanish language film, a brand new Spanish language film on your streaming service and not even giving us the opportunity to listen to it in its original language? As a, Spani as a Spaniard... 
fuck you. Just fuck you, Shudder, for doing that. You're lucky I don't cancel my service. If I was not a podcaster, I'm pretty sure I've, I would have already canceled my service for that one fucking decision. All right, end of rant. Let's go on to on the third day. Now, um, I'm going to try to be a little bit ambiguous about the antagonist in this film because I did go back and watch the trailer after I watched the film, and the film doesn't explicitly tell you the subgenre of horror that this film covers. Some eagle-eyed viewers might be able to figure it out. That's fine. But because they don't explicitly say it in the trailer, I'm going to try to be ambiguous about the antagonist in this film. So, as Mike has said, the movie starts out with a car accident. Cecilia and her son Martin, or Martin in Spanish, um, get into a car accident. Uh, we see an old man who is driving an old beat-up pickup truck, and he is carrying you know, something that looks like a coffin in his truck. And then the movie just kind of goes on from there. Now, um, the, a lot of the movie is told in flashback because as the, as the description says, um, Julia wakes up three days after the car accident. Hmm. Uh, any uh, religious overtones there? Anybody <laughs> waking up on the third day in Jesus? <laughs> anyway. Um, so she wakes up three days later. She's in a, She's in a building that she doesn't recognize. Her clothes are tattered. She's got blood on her. And basically, we spend the majority of the rest of this film trying to piece together through hypnotism, flashbacks, other techniques, what exactly happened on that day. And ultimately, I found the movie to be a little slow, not as much action and gore as I would like to see in this subgenre of film. Uh, in fact, if you don't know what this movie is about going into it, you may not be able to figure out what is actually going on until eh, maybe 20, 30 minutes into the film. Once we kind of, you know, find out who the old man in the opening scene is and what he's actually doing. Um, again, some people might actually be able to guess it from the opening scene. Um, again, if you already knew what it was going into it, then it's not going to be that big a surprise. But um, I, like I said, all of the, most of the gore is um, kind of isolated in the third act. Um, and, and what little gore we get is just okay. It's a vampire movie. It's not like there's blood spurting everywhere and body parts flying around. Though we do get some pretty cool head rolls throughout the film. We'll talk about that later on. So, yeah, it doesn't have as much gore as I'd like to find in this type of movie. I will say I, I genuinely like the antagonist. I like the creature design on the antagonist. Um, I like the language that it spoke. I can't really get into it right now, but, um, you know, we'll get into it here at the end during our spoiler section. Um, you know, I like the voice. I like the design. I like the basic storyline around the antagonist and the old man. Um, but it's because the bulk of this movie is taken up by the mom and her search for her son. That's where I feel like the movie suffers. It, it, it just gets a little dull. Like you're waiting for the horror to kick in. Like, I mean, this movie is solidly a horror film. Some people might say it doesn't turn into a horror film until the third act, and that's fine. But it is solidly a horror film. It's just, it really just takes a long time to get to where we're going. Uh, I, I guess the reason I feel like this is that I wasn't compelled with the mother's story. Um, I, I actually figured out this movie, I'd say about 20 to 30 minutes into the film, maybe, maybe like 20 minutes into the film, I called the ending 
And you guys know I don't try to do that when I watch films. So when a film actually does that, I feel like that's the filmmakers kind of tipping their hat a little early. Or maybe that's exactly when they wanted to tip their hat to, like I said, to more eagle-eyed viewers. And, I, you know, if that's their intention, I guess that's fine. But um, this, the same thing happened with The Stylist. Even though The Stylist was like my number three movie of that year, I saw the ending coming like an hour before the end of the film, and it 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 makes the movie suffer for me. Even though I love that ending, don't get me wrong, I love the ending, it's just that I saw it coming, and that kind of takes away a lot of the punch. Same thing with this film. I saw the ending coming, I, I kind of already guessed what happened to, to her son, and it just takes the punch away at the end. Now, one of the high points in this film, and I will, you know, um, I don't usually rave about these things, but I'm gonna hear. This is one of the best post-credit scenes I've ever seen. This is probably my favorite post-credit scene since Split. Since seeing Split in the theater for the first time and seeing David Dunn sitting at that diner and realizing that Split was actually a sequel to Unbreakable. It, it was like one of my greatest cinematic moments ever. Like I just, it, it, it was just so great. I loved it. I was giddy. Um, this one gives us a very satisfying closing credit, uh, uh, post-credit scene. Usually post-credit scene, especially with, with a company like Marvel, their post-credit scene are really just to kind of get you ready for the next chapter in the franchise or whatever. But this one actually gave us a legitimate ending. Like, if they would have ended the film where the credits started, that would have been fine as well. But they give us this post-credit scene that actually um, ties up multiple loose ends. And for, you know, uh, for kind of a, a petty, vindictive person like myself, uh, I thought the end of that post-credit scene just totally put a cherry on top of what ended up being a fairly average movie for me. Like I said, it's, it's, a, it's average in pacing, it's average in editing, cinematography. It doesn't really do anything too exceptional except for the creature design. Um, and like I said, that post-credit scene was incredibly satisfying for me. So that's it for general thoughts for me. I will have a lot more to say during the spoiler section. All right, uh, let's kick it over to Don. What are your general thoughts on the movie? Uh, first of all, um, where can I stand in line to applaud that uh, that uh, subtitle dubbed rant? Um, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's one hundred percent right online with me. I mean, it was I, I I wouldn't say jarring, but it was just absolutely distracting seeing that just based on the fact that. I know that there's better dubs out there that they could have done this because, I mean, the voices in this are just absolutely atrocious. I mean, who they selected to play some of these roles, I mean, ugh. I mean, it's they, they just pick like, okay, you know, you're a woman here, you play this role. You're a man, you play this role. And there's like very little care or thought paid into, you know, matching characters for their body types. I mean, oh, God, the, the I mean, I the girl in the beginning in the hospital, I mean, that old lady, that... <laughs> She sounds like a freaking 15-year-old girl, and it's yep. this elderly woman. I mean, <laughs> uh, folks, I, I this isn't a spoiler when I say this. There's a woman who's – she has to be at least in her – you know, maybe not the, the actress herself, but the, the character looks like she's going to be 70s plus, and she sounds like a freaking teenage girl. <laughs> I, I, I mean, good God. Ugh. Yeah, uh, we're I, – I, He's not uh, joking in the slightest bit when he says that the dub to this is atrocious. 
And, I mean, this is a person that grew up on dubs. I mean, I got into movies watching dubs. So, I, yeah, the, 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 this one is just a, a horrendous. In terms of just uh, impacting the film, uh, I, I, I mean, the, the film itself is kind of flawed to begin with. I mean, the, the pacing to this is just uh, all over the place. Uh, I mean, I, I almost don't like the religious um, undertones that the title gives away because it kind of underplays a lot of the suspense and shocks that are supposed to come from what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um what, what's the uh, translation of the original title? Is that uh, accurate? Oh, it's literal. Yeah, on the third okay. day. Okay, yeah, that's what I figured. Um, so yeah, the the title is not necessarily the greatest, just because it gives away way too much. Um, the setup I, is fine in general. I like where it goes with the this car accident and this mystery involving you know what happened. You know, uh, you know she's got her memory loss. She's trying to figure out what's going on. She's got this strange guy that uh, just keeps popping up. And there's this uh, strange, uh, you know, series of disappearances that are going on. And in general, I, I kind of like where the, the setup to this goes. I like where everything kind of just, you know, starts um, unraveling. But, yeah, it just takes way too long to get there. Um, the, the third act is great. I, I did like a lot of where it picks up there. The, you know, the... the yeah, just God, I, I want to spoil a little bit more, but um, <laughs> the battle, you know, the, the confrontations, I should say, um, they're fun, they're you know lively, just based on you know the lack of action that's gone on beforehand. Maybe not necessarily you know great in a vacuum, but based on uh, you know comparison's sake, uh, you know it's uh, a lot livelier and a lot more fun. I I don't have too much to say on the gore. It looked fine. Um, you know, again, you know. Vacuum versus uh, comparison's sake, um, I, I was okay with it, but yeah, not necessarily the greatest uh, Spanish horror film. Um, I much preferred Virus eighty two, uh, thirty two uh, from earlier this year. Um, yep. That one was a, a lot more fun and a lot more lively. Uh, you know, even though that one was a far more, you know, homaged kind of a, you know, it's not as original as this one is. Even though I wouldn't say it's as it's you know original on its own but uh yeah um it's kind of like a middle of the road kind of a film you know not necessarily the greatest not necessarily the best but uh yeah it's just one of those where the dub just kind of takes us down so many notches for me that it's kind of hard to look at it in a vacuum i i would I would definitely be interested in seeing where this, uh, ri- where the original set language would be, because I, I think that would probably, it, I wouldn't say make me do a 180 on it, but I would definitely be willing to bump this up a few notches, because as it stands, this is kind of hovering around maybe a four or five, and I'd probably be willing to bet that a, an original take on this would bump me up at least maybe to a six. I wouldn't say I'm going to go higher than that, or if that would be my actual rating, but as it stands right now, yeah, this is kind of a middle-of-the-road affair. Um, I mean, thank God it's fast. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, we're waiting 95 minutes plus to, to get all of the revelations to this, but yeah, yeah, it's one of those I, I'm kind of struggling just to really give my full thoughts just because so much of it you have to talk about as a spoiler, but I, I, I can't say I hated my time with it, but I can't really say it's a great... Ad- it's great as is in terms of uh, the presentation we have um, as it stands, but 
yeah, um, guess that'll uh, be it for now, uh, at least on my end. Okay. Um, as far as I go, yeah, similar thoughts on the whole dub versus subtitle uh, thing. When I first started it up, um, I thought, because something I've noticed, I don't know if it's because streaming services just remember, you know, due to like, you know, storing memory and cache and different options that um, it seems like a lot of streaming services now are defaulting to dubs and subtitles uh, when I go to start things. So I thought it was just a case of like Shutter assuming that I wanted a dub version. So like I hit pause or I hit up on the yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I had the same the thing. Yeah, I did the same yeah. thing too. I, I thought it was like a glitch on the, the service thing, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird because you, you click out and you go back and you you can't fix the audio setting. So yeah, it's kind of when you know that it's like right there. It, yeah, it's just so weird because yeah, you, you you play it and it just sounds like you have the, the settings screwed up and then yeah, it's the only one there, so. Yeah, and I, fi- I figured, like, I was like, no way there's not, like, an actual option, but it turns out there wasn't, which was kind of disappointing. Um, and and not to mention, like, the dub that they actually did use, who whoever recorded it, not, not too good. Like, it was pretty obvious <laughs> that uh, they were they were working a little rough there. But um, as far as the movie goes... I kind of feel about this movie that a lot of people felt about uh, last year's movie from Shutter, uh, Caveat. Remember that one? Um, I I liked Caveat a lot. Well, I won't say a lot more, but I seem to like it more than some people. And I remember what people said about that was like, oh, there's like some creepy moments, but like the narrative and the story is not overly strong. And I kind of felt like that about this one where by the end of the movie, there was definitely some creepy moments, some cool imagery going along or that was shown. Um, But man, I felt like this movie, it's like they tried to kind of dabble in like a lot of different things. And it was, for me, it was kind of hard to follow. Like what the hell is this movie trying to be? Um, and it's not, not always un- unsuccessful to do that, to, you know, kind of cross genres or subgenres within the horror uh, umbrella. Like, that's not always a bad thing, but I don't know. I kind of felt like this one, it, this one dealt with, like, a lot of, like, flashbacks, memories, false dreams, waking up when you think you're being shown something, but you're really not. Like, there, there was a lot of that in this movie, and I kind of felt like at a certain point it kind of got overbearing. I, I will say by like the third act though it kind of felt like they settled down on all that and decided okay we're just gonna hopefully it's like hopefully the viewers have uh kind of put together what we're trying to say and then the third act will be a little straightforward horror stuff so i did like the third act probably the most um in the movie and i thought the ending was good and i agree about the closing credits like i thought that was pretty strong the way it ended like that um but man, I don't know. It, it, it feels like a mixed bag of a movie to me, and it's why I wanted to watch it a second time. Because I was like, man, maybe I just felt too discombobulated the first time I watched it because all the stuff being thrown in there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I it's like I liked it, and I think there's maybe potential on you know another viewing. But I don't know. I, I'll, I'll I'll say it's like a 
I don't know. It's kind of from top to bottom. I would say it's 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 average. Maybe trending a little above average, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm very mixed on this one. And and the thing is, it's hard to like. Yeah, what I was gonna say is like it's hard to really get into details on it because you'd or I'd have to start bringing up like more specific what I'm talking about, but then that gets into spoilers, so I don't want to do that. But um, I will say, you know, at, at least I thought by the end it kind of wraps up everything uh, decently to where you're left understanding. But I don't know, the first two acts kind of like had me going in like different directions and. Yeah. yeah, if you're not 100% sure what this movie is going into it, or if you haven't figured it out once the setup goes, it, it could leave the viewer a little confused. Like, you know, what? I, I think most viewers like to know ahead of time what kind of movie they're watching, hence the popularity of trailers. Um, I myself don't care. I don't want to know. If you tell me it's a horror movie, I'm going to go see it. I don't need to see a trailer. I don't need to see a poster. Um but, yeah, I could see how, for me, it was mostly just the pacing and just how long it took to get to any, like, major plot points. Like, you know, they set up the whole thing with the accident and the kid going missing. And then, like I said, it, it feels like almost an hour before we get the next, like, viable plot point. You know, it's just the mom, you know, dealing with cops and, you know, questioning her about what happened and questioning her at the hospital and blah, 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 blah. blah. You know, it's a it's a it's a police procedural for a short amount of time. Not a lot. I'm not going to say that they that they spent too much time with the cops. I, I think they spent a, a decent amount of time. But just the fact that those first two acts are a little disjointed, um, especially because it's, you know, until you get to the hypnotizing scene, you know, you, you don't even really get any kind of answers. You're just kind of trying to fill in the blanks yourself or just trying to enjoy the ride. But like I said, with me personally, I couldn't enjoy the ride for reasons I've already discussed. So like I said, folks, take everything I say about this movie with a grain of salt. It does seem like Don and Mike kind of agree with me. Aside from the dubbing, I mean, just that the movie is a little underwhelming. It's, you know, it's average to above average at best. It's nothing original, nothing we haven't seen. Just, uh, you know, um, I don't know how strongly I would recommend this one. Like even fans of this subgenre, I don't know that I would necessarily say that this is a must watch movie. Um, but you know, it, it's mildly enjoyable. And if there's nothing better to watch, I, I'd say, you know, check this out. I would probably recommend revealer more than this one. Honestly, I had a way better time with revealer than this. And, you know, and we were all kind of lukewarm on revealer. So, yeah. Although, um, I, again, I, I do want to point out the comment, how much would that, uh, opinion change if we saw the original version? Well, just the mere fact that I wouldn't be seething for 85 minutes. Well, that's what I'm saying me, is that how much know, would the, the movie. that's what I'm saying is that how much would the original language with subtitles impact of viewing? I mean, I, it's probably the same as you, maybe no more than one or two points, you know, rating points at the most. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, a bad dub can ruin a movie, so I can't really say without seeing the film. I may, you know, if a subbed version of this does come out, I may rewatch it just to kind of, you know, because who knows, maybe... Uh, you know, maybe the Spanish language just makes it that much more enjoyable. And maybe, hell, maybe the English dub isn't always correct. Because don't forget, the English dub, they have to put in words that fit the actor's lip movements. So they sometimes they have to change whole lines of dialogue because they just don't fit what the actor is saying in their native language. It doesn't match the, the lips. So, 
you know, potentially, you know, there could be whole plot points that got changed. I've seen that before. I've actually seen it before where, you know, famously, I think it was the first Blu-ray version of Let the Right One In had a incorrect translation in the English uh, subtitles that kind of changed the entire context of the movie. They corrected that right away once they figured it out. But the point is, is that who knows? Maybe there's something like that in this movie, too, where I might enjoy it more. Um, both hearing it in its original language, seeing the lips actually in sync, hearing the audio actually recorded on location with the nice ambience and everything else. I, I would probably guess one to two points, same as Don. But I mean, I, I wouldn't want to say definitively until I actually saw it. So, you know, I'll report back after I see the subbed version. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I pretty much agree with all that. Uh, it, it It's funny because it's only 85 minutes, but it felt kind of a little, a little bit longer to me. Yeah. And maybe that's just because of the nature of the film. I think it's the pacing in the second act where it's just the mom looking for her kid. It kind of brings the movie down because the accident has potential. When we see the accident at the beginning, because of what the old man is hauling in his truck it gives that scene potential, like, oh, shit, something's going to happen. But unfortunately, what does happen during that scene, we don't see during the cold open. We see it later during flashback, and I think it kind of loses its punch that way, you know, especially if you've already figured it out, like I kind of sort of did. It just kind of loses. It's like once they reveal everything, it's like, oh, okay, I knew that already. So what the hell did I watch the last hour of this for? But like I said, post-credit scene was awesome. So at the very least, I don't regret spending the rest of my time with it. And I love the post-credit scene because there's no dialogue too. That's probably why I fucking loved it so much. <laughs> anyway, uh, you guys got anything else to say before we move on? No, but yeah, that was the closest to actually having a uh, subtitle track was just no dialogue at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anytime that the, the, the creature spoke as well, um, he was dubbed because he was speaking in a different language. And we'll talk about that during the walkthrough, but yeah, I guess let's go ahead. That's your, that's your final spoiler warning folks. If you haven't seen the movie, go ahead and pause the show and go check it out. Uh, if you have already seen the film and want to know a little bit more about what we thought of individual scenes, go ahead and stick with us. So let's go ahead and start on, on the third day, 2022, our movie opens up. With a mysterious old man in the basement, it looks like he's preparing some kind of wooden box, putting chains around it. Basically, he's um, he's got something captive in that box. We don't know what. Could be a person, could be a monster, who knows. Um, but we see him load. He, he receives a phone call where somebody tells him that he needs to drop off the package somewhere and that this could potentially be his final night of doing what he's stuck doing. We'll find out what he's doing later on. Um, and then, of course, we get the car accident. Cecilia um, ends up driving by a motorist that where her car broke down on the side of the road. And while she's looking over at the motorist, she doesn't realize that there is a car heading right towards her. And it turns out to be our old man in the in the pickup truck. She stops the car. I don't understand. Again, horror movie car accidents make so little sense to me. She ends up stopping the car in the middle of the road, literally between the two lanes, like almost like she purposely put herself in the path 
of the truck. So, you know, again, a, a minor nitpick, but horror movie car accidents just to me are always terrible. They're always avoidable. And it's always just somebody behind the wheel doing something stupid. So whatever. We get our car accident. Um, Cecilia passes out. And um, and that's pretty much it for that scene. She then wakes up three. Well, she wakes up. We don't know that it's three days later until a little bit later on when she's talking to the police, because it's the police officer that says they this, the, the car accident was three days ago. Where have they been since then? And of course, the bulk of the movie is telling us what what happened over those last three days. So um, Cecilia's in the hospital. Um, her ex-husband, Fernando, shows up um, and he's obviously um, kind of a violent guy because instantly he's just like, where's my son? Where's my son? Don't tell me you don't know where he is. Where's my son? I, I forgot to mention, folks, that when she came to after the accident, obviously the boy was gone. It was three days later. As I mentioned earlier, she wakes up in a building that she doesn't recognize with her clothes tattered, covered in blood. Um, she just basically runs out into the road and finds an old couple at a service station um, near a freeway. Uh, they're able to call the authorities and help her out. She gets taken to the hospital. So, like I said, in the hospital, she's visited by a couple of police detectives. Um, but they're not happy with the answers that she's giving about her missing son. Where is her son? They're not convinced that she actually blacked out for three days. So they're very suspicious of her. And then what starts in the hospital is basically um, Cecilia just leaving a trail of bodies in her wake. Um, she accidentally kills an old woman in the hospital. Um, she tries, uh, basically she's hiding from the police detective. The detective's coming back after speaking with her the first time. She is desperate to find out what's happening with her son. So she tries to get out of the hospital. When she leaves her room, she realizes that the that her doctor and the, the the police investigator are walking down the hall. So she jumps into the room across the hall from her, and there's an old woman. Uh, this is the old woman that Don was talking about that looks like she's 76 but sounds like she's six. Um, kind of weird, but whatever. Um, and like I said, when she um, when Cecilia goes into the old woman's room, she kind of places her hand over the woman's mouth and nose just to get her to not scream and give away her position. Unfortunately, the old woman either has a heart attack or just suffocates and dies right there. And once Cecilia realizes that she's dead, she freaks out. She ends up leaving, uh, grabbing the old woman's robe because Cecilia is just wearing like a hospital gown at this point. She ends up grabbing the old woman's robe and getting out of the hospital. A couple of minutes later, the police investigator and her doctor find the old woman's body. She makes the mistake, obviously in her rush, she kind of made the mistake of leaving the body in a position where it literally looked like she was murdered rather than leaving her in like a resting position in her bed so that it looked like she just had a heart attack in her sleep. It, like I said, in her rush, she just kind of left everything, left the room a mess. So it's very obvious that the old woman was attacked. Um, Cecilia ends up going back home uh, to grab some money and some clothing uh, to begin her hunt for her son. While she's home, Fernando, her ex-husband, shows up and basically attacks her, basically is convinced that she did something to his son because they're divorced. Um, she mentions earlier in the film that they're divorced because he's abusive. He even mentions at one point in the film, I'm not going to hit, I'm not going to hurt you anymore. You know, it's not worth it or something along those lines. You know, they're divorced now. They're not together. So um, 
like I said, he ends up attacking her. He smashes her the back of her head into a full-length mirror that's on the wall at Cecilia's house. We see Cecilia grab one of the shards of glass in almost like in a defensive position, like she or, or an offensive position, excuse me, where she, she might attack him with the glass. But then the scene ends. The scene just kind of ends and um the police investigator and the doctor end up showing up at Cecilia's house. And they see that the bedroom is in shambles, like there was some kind of struggle, but there's no, uh, and there's a little bit of blood on the mirror, but no one's around. Fernando's gone, Cecilia's gone, everybody's gone, but they can tell that the blood is fresh and that Cecilia obviously, you know, escaped from the hospital and then came home first. So at this point, Cecilia starts backtracking, trying to figure out what happened. You know, she she ends up um, going to a hypnotherapist. And uh, with her doctor, her doctor basically believes her that uh, she's convinced that someone took her son, that he's just not just like missing out in the woods or whatever, that that someone took her, took the kid, excuse me, uh, the boy, Martine. The doctor basically says he wants to help her. And that's when he takes her to a hypnotherapist. At this point, the, um, the hypnotist hypnotizes her and basically makes her recall all the events of the that night the night of the accident excuse me i got the hiccups folks sorry um so while she's hypnotized uh we see her preparing for her day and we start seeing more things that happened on that that day that we didn't see the first time like we did see her having uh, a conversation with her son you know watching him color his horse um, you know, do whatever and in preparation of then going out on a trip or a ride or whatever. But what we actually get with the hypnotizing scene is that we get all the gaps filled in. So what ends up happening is Fernando actually shows up at Cecilia's house before we ever joined that particular scene earlier in the film. He tells he's mad because Cecilia and um, Martin weren't there one day when he came to pick him up. Um, apparently, he has like a dual custody or maybe visitation rights, something like that. And apparently he had gotten there late one day and they were gone. And Cecilia tells him, well, look, you can't just show up whenever you want. If you say 10 o'clock and you're not here at 10, we're leaving. We're going to go out. And we're going to have fun. And I'm pretty sure Cecilia has every right to do that. I'm not I, I'm not a divorce lawyer, so I'm not sure. But um, it, it just does seem like that is just an abusive douche and, you know, just wants everything, you know, his way, you know, his way or the highway type situation. Um And then after Cecilia basically says that to him, that you can't just do whatever you want, he tells her, you know what, Uh, tomorrow I'm going to come and I'm going to pick up my son and, uh, you know, I'm going to take him for a couple of days. That's what he says. Uh, He says, I have every right to do this. You can't stop me. The police can't stop me. I'm going to take my son for a couple of days. What ends up happening is Cecilia decides she will not, her and her son will not be there the next day when Fernando comes to pick them up. She decides they're going to run. They they just decide, fuck it, we're leaving. Well, not they. She decides that they're leaving. Um, the kid, Martin, seems happy. He seems content in the backseat, looking at the stars. Everything's fine. And then we see um, the events of the car accident again. We see that, you know, uh, how the car accident occurs. We see it more in detail this time where we see where the truck actually hits Cecilia. And then we start to fill in more of the gaps. Um, Cecilia wakes up in the car, literally right after the accident. 
sees that her son is in the back seat, not moving. Um, and she's calling to him and he's not moving. So obviously she's concerned. She's able to tear herself out of the car, get her son out of the car. And then she walks over to the old man in the pickup truck carrying her son. She, um, oh, I forgot to mention the female motorist that was uh, pulled over on the side of the road that was having car trouble. Um, she just disappears out of nowhere. She literally sees the accident. And she she actually goes to Cecilia and her son and Cecilia tells her to call the police or to get an ambulance, whatever. The woman does do that. She starts to talk on the phone. You can hear her kind of talking to a police dispatcher. But then suddenly we hear like a, a short scream and we look back and the woman is gone and her cell phone's on the ground. Like, And we literally see the cell phone hit the ground, almost like the woman vanished in the fucking midair. Um uh cecilia is wondering what the hell is going on she ends up putting her son down in the bed of the pickup truck uh, in the back and she notices the coffin that that the old man was dragging is now in the road and it looks like something broke out of it it's broken open it's basically in shambles it fell off the back of the truck when the accident occurred and at that moment, literally at that moment, when the old man realizes that the coffin or the, the, the casket coffin, whatever you want to call it, is open, literally the other girl, the other motorist that was broken down on the side of the road, literally falls out of thin air onto the old man's truck. Um, right around there, you should probably know what kind of movie you're watching <laughs> at that point. Um, and at that same moment, when she realizes that the woman fell back down, uh, the woman's still alive. She's not dead. She's laying on the top of this guy's pickup truck. And then, you know, the mom realizes, like, literally, she turns her head and turns back and Martin is gone. Martin is not in the back of the truck. She's freaking out. Where's my son? Blah, blah, blah. The old man starts to, like, attend to the girl that fell out of the sky and mom kind of runs into the woods looking, you know, continuing to look for her son. I'm not sure if she's following a blood trail or if she's following noise. It's not ultra apparent in the movie, but she is somehow going in the correct direction. And she ends up getting to an abandoned warehouse. We see an abandoned warehouse where, um, you know, the, the sign is falling down and there's no lights on inside. But she still decides to go in. Uh, she ends up going in and. <laughs> uh, while she's in there, she ends up running into, uh, what was the character's name? El Antiguo. El Antiguo is the name of our villain. And what does El Antiguo mean? That is the word for the ancient one. So at this point, it's pretty obvious we're watching a vampire movie, folks. Yes, El, El Antiguo, the ancient one is a vampire living. And, and I was talking about how much I like the character design of this movie, uh, excuse me, of this creature. I like it because he looks like a Strigoi. Um, for those of you who don't know what a Strigoi is, it's basically a version of a vampire that comes from Russian folklore. So if anybody saw that movie Blood Vessel from like two years ago, maybe, I think it was a Shutter exclusive, that was a movie about Strigoi, which are basically Russian vampires. And later in the film, the motherfucker speaks in Russian. 
<laughs> so he is a fucking Strigoi, which I, I love Strigoi. I love they're much more vicious and violent than your average beautiful vampire. You know, the American version of a vampire that's, you know, more about sexualizing uh, the undead. Uh, but this was just like a monster with the big pointy ears, basically looks like a human bat type situation. Um, but if anybody knows what a Strigoi looks like, then you basically know what our villain in this film looks like, El Antiguo, the ancient one. As I said, um, she ends up finding her son in the basement of this warehouse, of this facility, and he's unharmed. Um, you know, he's out cold on the ground, but he's unharmed. He's not bleeding or anything. Um, and then they realize that there's something moving in the corner. They look over to the corner and there's this black mass that suddenly starts moving and suddenly it stands up and starts moving towards them. So she takes her son and hides him in like a storage cabinet down there. Um, they're in the basement of this warehouse and she grabs like a, a broken two by four or something to try to defend herself against this vampire. Uh, she tries to attack it. It easily thwarts her attack, obviously. Uh, and then he doesn't attack her right away. He starts talking to her, like I said, in Russian, whether this woman's actually understanding the words that he's speaking or if she's just sitting there kind of listening to this foreign language that she doesn't understand. I can't tell you because it's not like she has a back and forth necessarily with the villain. Um, I think later on, as we start to kind of realize what happened to mom, she does start to kind of pick up what the guy is saying, what the, El Antiguo, the ancient one, is actually saying to her. And what ends up happening is she realizes that uh, we're all we're still in the flashback at this point, folks. Um, at this point, she realizes that she was actually attacked by El Antiguo. He actually can't, comes up from behind her and bites her on the neck. And then it looks like he's about to rock, uh, walk away, like he's just going to like leave her there to die. But then he stops and he turns around and he looks at her. And I don't know what the decision making here is, but he basically decides to turn her instead of letting her die. He, he does the traditional thing where he cuts himself and, you know, makes her drink his blood. And then she wakes up instantly and doesn't really realize what had happened. You know, she just this is when she wakes up three days later, I should say. It's not the instantly thing uh, that she ends up waking up three days later. And then um, we get the final reveal of what actually happened after um, after all the flashbacks, after all the hypnotizing, everything else. Uh, she does physically go back to the warehouse to try to see if she could figure out where her son, maybe her son is still there alive somewhere. And then uh, we get an explanation of mirrors. And I forgot to mention that I actually loved what they said about mirrors in this movie. Usually with vampires, you know, we all know the traditional, you know, shtick that a vampire doesn't have a reflection in a mirror. They don't see anything. In this movie, vampires avoid mirrors because they see their victims. Everyone that they've killed they end up watching every time they look in a mirror, they don't see themselves. They see the people that they've killed and they see their crimes like they see while, you know, how they attacked them, killed them, everything else. And when the Strigoi, I'm going to call him the Strigoi for the rest of the fucking uh, review. When the Strigoi takes the covering off the mirror, he explains to her, you know, this is why vampires avoid mirrors, because we see our victims. And that's when we see the final reveal that mom does inadvertently attack her son. Apparently after um, a, the Strigoi turned her into a vampire, she went back to comfort her son 
and apparently her son had some blood on him and we don't actually see the attack but what we do see is um we see her looking in the mirror and we hear the sound effects we hear the biting into flesh sound effects we see the horrified look on her face and what she does is she just picks up the mirror and throws it across the room and smashes it and what do we see right behind the mirror Yes, the body of Martin, the body of her dead son with the bite wound still in his neck that his own mother gave to him. Um, so, yeah, that's the big reveal. She was turned into a vampire without knowing and killed her own son. And that's, you know, kind of sad. Um, the movie ends with or at least, you know, the main part of the movie ends with her embracing her dead son's body. And then we actually see almost like the Strigoi is like caring. He actually walks up to her while she's embracing her dead son and he puts his hand on her shoulder and like is rubbing like with his thumb, you know, that, that um, trying to ease her pain, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I found that to be such a cool image because you don't see the vampire. It's a close up on Cecilia. You just see the hand come into frame and you might think for half a second that he's going to attack her. But he just puts his hand on her shoulder quite lovingly. I thought that was a really cool little thing to see an actual vampire care about another vampire that he just turned. But then, folks, we get our post credit scene. Ah. This made the movie for me. Anything positive I feel about this movie walking away from it is going to be because of this goddamn uh, uh, post credit scene. So what we get is our police investigator, our, our older police investigator, whose name I have no idea. Um, I have no idea what the hell's damn name was. But anyway, um, we see him arrive at the warehouse, at the abandoned warehouse, and we see him with a gun in hand and he starts walking around and then he walks into the basement. He sees the broken mirror and then he walks into the corner and he sees Martin's dead body. And, you know, you start to re you start to think that, oh, the, you know, the movie is going to end right here with him finding Martin's body and being able to close the case. And then just as he's finding Martin, Martin opens his fucking eyes to this these big red vampire eyes that were so fucking cool looking. And then literally we see uh, Cecilia and El Antiguo attack the cop from behind and fade to black. And that is on the third day, 2022. I absolutely loved that post credit scene. Like I said, to me, that was one of the most satisfying post credit scenes that actually tied up loose ends. You know, it wasn't just like an extra fan service or anything like with the Marvel movies or, um, you know, with some horror movies, maybe they might like try to set up a sequel or something with the post credit scene, like, um, like Terrifier and, and, and um, what, uh, Behind the Mask, the Leslie Vernon story. Um, yeah, the post credit scene just gives us a definitive end. The cop is dead and mom and son are back together and living as vampires. And by the way, I forgot to mention mom looks badass. Cecilia looks awesome as a vampire. Like her eyes have turned. So now they look like the Strigoi's eyes that kind of white with just the black pupil in the middle. And then she's wearing like a really cool robe, almost like a nun's robe. I don't think it was quite a nun's robe, but it was... It, it was kind of pious looking like that. And and like I said, they attack the cop and, you know, the movie ends and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, 
despite all my issues with the sub uh, with the dub and the you know the bad lip sync and the bad dubs i still for the most part enjoyed this movie like i said it's got some pacing issues it's got some storytelling issues um but overall the third act is pretty fun i forgot to mention that we get to see a priest's head roll across the floor that's always fun um <laughs> I, I actually I forgot to mention the old guy altogether. The old guy at the beginning of the movie who was dragging the the um, the casket turns out he is a priest who is also a vampire hunter. So he's actually going around killing people that have been turned into vampires. Um, so he literally and, and basically we get one scene with the original girl, uh, the girl from the car accident whose car had broken down, where we see him kill the girl because he's convinced that she's a vampire, that she's been turned. And then he puts her in like a vat with like ammonia and lime and some other chemicals and basically just trying to disintegrate the body, which I actually thought was a pretty good idea. Shit. You know, how better to get rid of a vampire than just disintegrate their goddamn body? Um, but he ends up, um, unfortunately, because of the situation with the car accident, he ends up having to, um, he doesn't have the time to kind of disintegrate her body the way that he normally would. So he ends up just cutting her head off. Um, another obvious way to kill a vampire, cut their head off, at least in most cinematic vampire universes, decapitation is a way to take care of them. But yeah, so we actually see the priest walking around with a head bag of heads. Um, for a little bit in this movie, he kills the old couple that helped Cecilia earlier. They ended up getting turned into vampires by Cecilia and he takes their heads. Um, and, uh, but then the ultimate payback of course, is when he has his interaction with the ancient one, he <laughs> unceremoniously lops his head off and it literally just rolls through the door out the room <laughs> in a pretty funny scene. Actually, I know it's a little dark funny, but funny to me something about heads rolling always makes me laugh so there you go <laughs> forgot to mention that but yeah like i said folks not a terrible movie just if you if you like subs excuse me if you like yeah if you like subs i would avoid this movie if you are okay with english dubs of foreign movies then yeah and and you like vampire movies yeah it, it gets a mild recommend from me that's probably the best thing i could say about it mike yeah I'm I'm kind of right there. Um, not the strongest recommend. Um, I'd rather save my full, uh, you know, full, you know, recommendation or clearing for a true subtitled version. But yep. yeah, um, it's still not going to be the greatest. It's still going to be kind of just middle of the road. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, we've covered worse. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, you know, this sure. movie isn't Blood Vessel or Blood Red Sky by any stretch, but, you know, it's also yeah. not some of the shit vampire movies that we've seen either. So, yeah. 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 Um, like I said, when all is said and done, I didn't think it was a bad movie. Just a no. little, uh, it uh, needed more. Let's just say that. That's what I was talking about during the spoiler-free section. I like gore in my vampire movies. I feel, unless it's a conceptual vampire movie, like a girl walks home alone at night, something like that. But any other standard vampire movie for me should be gory. I mean, even what we do in the shadows, which is a horror comedy, had a lot of blood in it. So, yeah, vampire movies need blood. I mean, the whole nature of a vampire is they need blood. So a bloodless vampire movie just feels really weird. Not to say that this is a bloodless vampire movie, but I have seen some and it just comes off as really odd. 
And that's the, that's the whole reason why I was saying I would have liked to have seen a little bit more vampire action and a little bit more gore in this film. But there you go. You get what you get. <laughs> you do. And what we're going to get now is uh, some promos for where else we can be heard. So, Venom, I'll start with you. All right, folks. Well, uh, we we <laughs> on Creature Comforts, we, we just had our quickest turnaround ever. Um, two weeks after recording episode 10, we went ahead and recorded episode 11 this past week. Episode 11 covers our first brand new movie. The first time that we looked at something that wasn't a quote unquote classic or at least modern classic. And we looked at Phil Tippett's Mad God. Yes, the, um, the mostly animated film that dropped on Shudder. Um, last month and so if you're interested in what we think of it um, know that all three of us on the show are big Phil Tippett fans so when you hear our reviews you know you'll know that we're you know we're not coming from we're not coming at it from an outsider's point of view we even bring up some of Phil Tippett's other you know classic films during the show and just you know talk about you know this whole thing with the movie taking over 30 years to make and a bunch of trivia stuff that I was able to find about the film. Um, it's a quick episode. It's under an hour, but like I said, we just recorded it yesterday. So I would look for it maybe sometime next week. Uh, next on, ne on the next fresh cuts, I'll let everyone know if it's available. It should be available by then on the main show. No more room in hell. Our latest episode is number 46. Those are Derek's picks where we looked at some underappreciated slashers. We looked at 2000s, Cut and 2007's uh, Drive Through, <laughs> featuring Horny the Clown, <laughs> a very, um, let's say, interesting character. <laughs> that's on episode 46 of the main show. And uh, that's about all I have. I haven't had any guest spots lately. So that's it for me, folks. All right. Uh, how, what do you got, Don? Uh, yeah. Um, as mentioned, Creature Comforts is uh, recorded and in the can. Um, personal experiences um, and recollections of many of Phil Tippett's works are included in that from all of us. So mm -hmm. as uh, Venom said, yeah, it's uh, bear in mind it's coming from a, a place of uh, fandom and uh, affection. So keep that in mind. Um, latest guest spot uh, for me was a uh, was a spot on the Friends show called Fraternity, where we looked at Deathgasm. Um, there's one or two uh, releases since then, so I'm not the most recent episode, but um, I'm still pretty close uh, there. Uh, you should have maybe one or two uh, one or two uh, sh shows down the queue. So, uh, you know, like I said, not the first one, but um, I'm there. And uh, the latest episode of uh, the Horror Countdown podcast, I had a, a friend of mine, Kevin Nicholson. He's a uh, writer, and um, he does a couple of other things um, in the genre. But um, he and I got together, and we did our favorite satanic cult films. So Ooh. that was a, a lot of fun. And uh, one of my favorite recordings, because uh, we ended up going for nearly two hours on the, the topic, just going back and forth with... Uh, with our favorite films and recollections and, uh, you know, talking about all that stuff. So yeah, it was a fun time and uh, one of my favorite episodes. So yeah, go ahead and, uh, give the, give those a listen. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, cause I, I, I have a, uh, another thing that I can't talk about yet, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, all for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, as far as I go, it's already been mentioned. 
mention the latest episode of No More Room in Hell. And that's really it for me. Um, trying to think. Yeah, that's it. And uh, as far as the next Fresh Cuts goes, yeah, we have another week for VOD. Or do you think we're going to do that Netflix? Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, Incantation, I think, is it called? Taiwanese yeah. found footage, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, to me, I was torn between Incantation and Good Madam, and uh, after Shudder's recent uh, last two efforts, I think it's kind of time to put them to bed again for a while. Yep, I'm okay with that. At least yeah. on foreign films, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of uh, my thing. It says, uh, let's see if Netflix can kind of uh, pick the ball up, on, at least on uh, their, their side of things, because I, I think we skipped Choose or Die. Um, I'm hearing for good reason, but uh, we kind of passed their last one by, so I think it's time to give them another go again. All right. So, yeah, like, uh, I, I, I'm fine with that one, so I think, yeah, I, I, I'm good with Incantation if you guys mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Lock it down. Um, but yeah, so we have our movie for next week, uh, Incantation on Shutter, Taiwanese Bound Bridge, yeah, Netflix. I mentioned. Netflix. What did I say? You said Shutter. Shutter. <laughs> oh, okay, Netflix. You got Shutter on the brain, boy. <laughs> All right, and then the following week will be Jordan Peele's Note. Yep, on Note. Yep, on Note. One of the bigger releases of the year, so hoping. Fingers crossed. <laughs> hoping hoping it won't be a Note. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have my doubts it will be a Note, but Peele's built up enough good stock that, like, I want, you know, I don't even think I'd be happy if it's, like, above average. I want something good i'm ready yeah no. that, that that's, that's the problem with um this new bunch of horror directors the the asters the eggers and the peels is that their first few movies were so great that if any of them puts out an average movie it's going to be disappointing could you imagine watching an average robert eggers movie we would probably rail on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the problem they kind of painted themselves into a corner obviously you know, the hope is that they have an entire career of putting out great movies like, you know, Hereditary and The Lighthouse and everything else and um, Us and uh, Get Out. But, you know, um, even Carpenter made some bad ones. You know, every director kind of has their little slip ups. So hopefully Jordan's first slip up is many, many years away, many years away. And hopefully won't even be in our genre. Maybe he'll actually make a comedy and that'll suck. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Which would be ironic since that's kind of where he started. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I think that was uh, the implication of uh, Venom's comment, Mike. Thanks for spelling it out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get that from that. I, I like I when Mike explains my jokes. That's okay. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So that's gonna do it for this episode, and we will be back in a week with incantation. So until then. <laughs> Let's say bye to listeners. Later. Please, please, please demand subdiversions of your movie. I, uh, for those who don't know, I just tweeted Shudder and it was a scathing tweet. So let's see if this starts a flame war online. I'm excited. But anyway, <laughs> folks, please search out the, su- the subdiversions. Peace. <laughs>